Thank you to Wildcare and Wildlife Acoustics for sponsoring the Bat Chat podcast. Can you hear that? We can. Wildlife Acoustics creates the world's leading bat acoustic monitoring tools, designed to help scientists make impactful discoveries for our biologically diverse planet, turning this into this. Visit wildlifeacoustics.com to learn more. Wildcare are committed to supporting the ecology industry and are specialists in supplying a large range of monitoring, conservation and habitat management products, as well as equipment hire and service and repair. With a large range of products coupled with friendly and expert help and advice, Wildcare is a favourite supplier for ecologists nationwide. Go to wildcare.co.uk to see the full range and quote BatChat at the checkout for 10% off all bat detectors and bat boxes. This podcast episode is dedicated to the memory of Craig Slauson, who sadly passed away on the 11th of February 2020. Craig was the biological recorder for Staffordshire, based at the Staffordshire Wildlife Trust within the Ecological Records Centre. He was always incredibly helpful to Staffordshire Bat Group and kept their records in good order. None of their queries or requests were ever too much trouble for him. Craig will be missed by all of the wildlife recording groups across Staffordshire, the Peak District and the wider biological recording community of the West Midlands. Our thoughts are with his wife and family. Welcome to Bat Chat, the podcast from the Bat Conservation Trust. Last October, I joined Staffordshire Bat Group members Helen Ball and David Nixon to take part in their small myotis bat project in the Chernit Valley. We started off the day checking one of their bat box schemes before heading out in the evening. I'm Steve Rowe and this is Bat Chat. Helen, what and where is the Chernit Valley? Okay, so the Churnit Valley is um, a really well-wooded area of land in North Staffordshire. The upper stretches of the Churnit fall from the upland areas of North Staff, Staffordshire Moorlands, and it flows in a southeast direction into the Dove and then into the Trent. And it's quite a notable area in the overall West Midlands. It's the second most wooded, continuously wooded area in the West Midlands. So notable for its woodland cover but also it's in a matrix of wet woodland and there's unimproved grassland on the slopes so a really nice sort of mix of mosaic of habitats and the woodland we're in now is called console woods what's so special about this woodland and why have we got so many bat boxes uh, in this woodland so the console wood is part of the wider churnit valley triple si woodland um this woodland is towards the centre of the Churnit Valley and it was selected a few years ago as part of a Vincent Wildlife Trust project to look for the northern distribution of Barbastel. So the boxes, 100 in total, were put up in 2004 with Colin Morris. We didn't find Barbastel, but within just a few months of the boxes being put up, they were colonised by a maternity colony of Brant's bats, which used the boxes for a number of years. Um, and that was very notable because the clusters went up to sort of 20, 30 bats. So what, what is it that we reckon about this woodland that makes it really good for the Brant's colony in there? So Consul Woodland is in the heart, really, of the Churnit Valley Triple SI. It's a very extensive overall woodland area that is bisected by a river, the River Churnit, but also a canal, the Calden Canal, that flows along the base of the, um, the valley alongside the river. 
There's also a railway line that runs along part of it as well and no roads. So the woodland is very undisturbed. There's a continuous cover um, and it's a lovely mix of broadleaf woodland, which is oak, um, birch with a very good holly, hazel understory. So there's a lovely mixture of broadleaf woodland adjacent to uh, river and canal and also interspersed with unimproved grasslands and the like. So we've just found um, a cluster of bats in a box. There's 13 bats in total, all naturas, eight female, five male. The majority of them are adult. Um, many of the females are post-lactating and the males are in a variable state of breeding condition. So what sort of risk would you say that is then? Well, judging the time of year, the late, um, late in the season, breeding time, into October, I'd probably say it's a mating cluster of natteras. And we've had one already of, I'll just check the number, of nine natteras earlier on. So that's two mating groups so far. And you say the bat boxes have been used by brants in the past. Are the brants still here? Because at the minute we've just found a load of natteras bats, um, which were just processed at the moment. Are the brants still around? And you said that was a maternity colony as well. So over time we've seen a change in the species composition using the boxes. So Brants utilised them very early on and then over time we started to pick up natteras, which are still using the boxes now. But the boxes have been colonised and particularly during the summer months and early spring months by large numbers of noctual. The noctuals roost in individual numbers and small groups throughout the spring and summer and it's notable that since the noctual colonizer boxes, the number of myotis that we're getting, small myotis, is reduced, or the myotis are roosting in a smaller number of boxes. Although when we come across the myotis, they're generally in good numbers per box. So, why do you think the uh, noctuals have colonized? What's changed in the woodland that's caused the bat species composition to change? Do we have any ideas why that might be? No, we don't. And there, aren't, there haven't been any management changes in the woodland at all. Um, the woodland's very recently been taken over by the RSPB. It was managed very well for a long time by uh, Staffordshire County Council. There's been no change in the woodland itself. The only thing we can think is that slowly over time, Noctual have encountered the boxes, found them to the favour, to the point where they use them now extensively throughout, the, um, throughout much of the spring and summer. Um, and for that reason, we're going to look at either removing some of the boxes or putting up a different style of box that may be more favourable to myotis and less favourable to noctual because the ones currently up are all Schwegler 1FF boxes. And I know we're meeting Dave Nixon tonight who's running a small myotis project. Is that project looking at some of those reasons as well? What's the, what's the aim of that project? So the small myotis project, um, one of the springboards for that was because of the Brant's maternity risk that was found in this wood and the fact that the Churnit Valley woodlands are very extensive and under-recorded overall for bats. So this, the data from the bat box check are obviously going to tie in with Dave's uh, small myotis advanced trapping project and in fact one of Dave's study sites is Consul Woodland, Consul Nature Park. And Batbox schemes like this are run by bat, group, bat groups across the country. Um, what's the purpose of them in general, other than bat groups going out and using them to look at the species composition? And what, what are the other reasons for putting up bat boxes in woodlands? 
So yes, bat box schemes are brilliant because they provide long-term data on the bats that use the boxes so we can look at species, sex, composition, age range. But the other great thing about bat box schemes is it allows volunteers that maybe have never seen bats before or want to learn how to handle bats to get up close and personal with bats learn to take them out of boxes learn to put them in boxes and then slowly over time build up the handling skills and get to see a range of bats that can be very active or quite deeply in torpor and out in their natural habitat of course not like a sort of captive bat or a grounded bat so it looks like they've finished putting the bats away so shall we move on and see check some of the other boxes yes yep let's get them finished So, following an afternoon of checking the concert wood bat boxes, we're now headed for a site a little further down the Churnit Valley to carry out some advanced survey techniques with David Nixon. Yeah, testes are, testes are small and the epids are small and dark. Okay. It's an adult bat. Nice. Okay. okay. Excellent. Where's the bat bag? Dave, what are the aims of the project? Well, we're interested in species assemblage um, throughout the Chernick Valley and we're also interested in behavioural patterns of myotis bats, particularly brants, whiskered and natras. Um, of course, like most bat groups, we're also really interested to know if Alcatheri is in the Chernick Valley or in Staffordshire. And what baseline survey effort does this sit on? What, what previous survey work has been taking place on top of this? So Consul Nature Park is in the Churnick Valley and a number of years ago the Vincent Wildlife Trust donated bat boxes uh, with a view to see if Barberstal are in the Churnick Valley. Barberstal were never discovered in the bat boxes. However, we did ascertain that the Churnick Valley is a stronghold for Brant's and soon after the boxes were erected, Brant's maternity roosts moved into the 1FF boxes, which is really interesting. It's great news. So uh, based on that, plus um, survey work using statics throughout the Chernick Valley, we came up with a small myotis project. What survey methods are you using to, to find out more about these bats? So we're using mist nets and also harp traps um, to catch bats as well. Um, in good woodland where we know that myotis are abundant and uh, we're also using acoustic lures to try and bring the bats in as well into the nets and into the harp traps and how many surveys have you done so far yeah so at the moment uh, we've carried out 12 surveys as as to be expected um console nature park rspb coombs are still definitely a stronghold for for myotis um, so we've discovered that we're not finding brants in the same locations as we're finding whiskers and natras, <clears throat> which has always been something that I'm particularly interested in. Um, when initially, uh, when we well, when we started, when the boxes went up, and we got the brants maternity roosts moving into the one FFs. Over time, we've noticed that um, natras, also noctuals as well, but we've noticed that natras are moving in and um, the brants are disappearing. Um, and, and that's showing in the results for the trapping projects as well. We're not getting brants on, in the same locations as natras and whiskered. So aside from carrying on 
the surveys that you're doing at the moment, what's the future aims of the project? Where do you see the project going from from where you are now? Um, it's a tough question because sometimes uh, projects can sort of go off on a they can go off on a, on a different route than you, than you might expect. Um, but we're still in the early stages of the project. We've still got a number of sites that we we haven't trapped. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the project will stay. Um, will stay in line with with the original proposal which is to try and establish um, behavioural patterns between small myotes. Um, I'm really interested in foraging. Uh, we all know we you know we all know that sort of brants favour good quality woodland. Uh, whiskered more so associated with with fields and hedgerows and agricultural farmlands etc. Um, but we also know that they utilise similar habitats as well. So I'm not sure. Yeah, we, I'd, I'd like to. I'm really interested in in uh, movements of of bats in in good quality uh, woodlands, particularly those along the edge of the Peak District. Presumably, at some point, that'll inform future conservation action plans for the Chernet Valley as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It will do indeed. Yeah. Um, particularly with the with the stronghold of of myotis up here. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where that will go or, or, or what will happen moving forward, but yeah, it would be it would be good to for it to inform traction plans. And how important are volunteers to the project? Yeah, absolutely, very important indeed. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't run the project without volunteers. Um, <clears throat> we've got different levels of experience as well. We've got we've got volunteers who are um, capable of taking uh, extracting bats from mist nets volunteers helping to put heart traps up volunteers who are even even volunteers who are scribing it's all very very important to us we couldn't run it without them and in terms of using mist nets and heart traps and acoustic lures what are the challenges of that sort of survey method compared to more typical survey method um so using using mist nets and heart traps and acoustic lures it's um there are a number of challenges. Uh, mist nets can be quite difficult for bats uh, to get bats out of to, to extract them safely. Um, it can be difficult because on, on busy nights it's hard to to watch over um, other other assistants to make sure that things are all running smooth. Um, it can be it can be difficult at night time. We're working in woodlands um, where there are trip hazards um, and other people as well, members of the public. So yes, it can be it can be challenging. Um, but we, we, we have a good risk assessment that we, we, we adhere to and uh, we haven't had any, any problems so far. And obviously you're trapping a lot of sites through the Chernet Valley. How many landowners are involved? And are you finding that landowners are pretty accepting the project or are you finding it's quite difficult to get access to certain parts? We've had no problems. Um, we've had no rejections from anybody who we've approached. Um, we have um, Staffordshire Wildlife Trusts, um, we have the RSPB, Stoke Contrant City Council, and Staffordshire County Council, um, and also we do have permission um, to trap on some private private land as well. Everybody's been supportive. Everybody knows it's for a good cause. It's all in the name of back conservation, and to try and uh, better our understanding of of bats that can be quite difficult to. Um, to identify using sonogram analysis alone. 
And obviously there's a long way to go before you start publishing results of this, but are you going to publish those results of the project anyway? Where should people look out for in a few years once you've started collating the results of the project? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's, in my eyes, it's really important for, um, for the data to be published. It'll go to the record centres, of course. It's going to go out to all those involved, so Staffordshire County Council, the RSPB, etc., We'll, we'll also publish them um, on the Back Group's website, the Staffordshire Back Group's website. And we're hoping to do a talk at the Midlands Regional Con- Back Conference as well, which would be really good. Great stuff. Sounds like a really good project. Dave Nixon, thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Having caught up with Dave recently, he's told me that there have now been 24 surveys over the last two years. There's still no evidence of Alcothoe's bat within the Chernet Valley yet, and Brant's and Natra's bats are still not being caught in the same areas of woodland, which remains a surprise. Dave and Helen hypothesise that as the two species utilise different ecological niches, they can't imagine that Natra's are exclusively excluding Brant's from particular areas of woodland, although they suspect that Natra's might ask Brant's from the bat boxes the same way that nocturnals can come to dominate. They suspect that, over time, their data will show that natras will tend to be caught towards the outer edges of the areas of woodland that they're trapping in, whilst brants are more likely to be found deep within the woodlands, and they hope that the study will help to add to our understanding of small mitred bats and how the brants colony at Consul might be conserved in the long term. If you're looking forward to the next episode of Bat Chat, be sure to hit that subscribe button so that the next episode will automatically land on your phone when it's available. Next time, we're discovering what life is like as an island bat group with the Isles of Scilly and the Channel Island bat groups. Now, lots of you have seen me in branded t-shirts and hoodies with the Bat Chat logo on, and you've all been asking me when they'll be available. Well, we're thrilled to let you know that a whole range of Bat Chat clothing and tote bags is now available for you on our T-Mail store. The link's in the show notes. Whether you're a long-time supporter or a new member of the Bat Chat family, we can't wait for you to share your photos of you wearing our merch on social media. Be sure to tag the Bat Conservation Trust in your posts. If you're listening to Bat Chat on Google Podcasts, we wanted to let you know that Google have announced they plan to discontinue their app later this year, so we recommend making the switch to an alternative podcast app, and we've put some links in the show notes to alternative apps that you can follow Bat Chat on so that you don't miss any future episodes.